Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Georgia Diaz, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Amsterdam. She uh, is also um, has been a singer, a professional singer, for 15 years. She sings uh, Bossa Nova, and uh, she's um, also been in Alexander. I don't know how long have you been an Alexander teacher, Georgia. I don't remember. Give me. Since, a... Yeah, I graduated in two thousand four, uh, April two thousand four. So she's been a teacher for about six, seven years, and we've already had one conversation um, about the Alexander technique and singing, and today we're gonna uh, talk a little bit about the Alexander technique and breathing. Um, Georgia, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Robert. Thank you for having me again. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Um, could you begin by just giving our listeners a short uh, description of the Alexander Technique? The Alexander Technique is a very simple method and as every very simple thing gets to be very difficult to explain, but it's actually a way of achieving the best results of your body with the absolute minimal muscle effort. So you wake up, it's a way of waking up the connection of mind and body together and stay away from... uh, Habitual patterns. Mhm. And um, how uh, I know, as a singer, as a professional singer, breathing is maybe more obviously a concern than for most of us. Um, what have you? What have you found? in terms of your original experience with Alexander lessons and how they uh, impacted your breathing? I decided to become an uh, an Alexander teacher once my breathing completely changed with me doing less and less for it. That's when I decided to train because I really wanted to understand what was going on with my breathing with my body because I was taught how to breathe every singer and every instrumentalist is taught how to breathe and we all have ideas even even if you're not a professional singer people do have ideas of how to do the breathing through meditations people try to get better uh, solve uh, body problems through uh, breathing better and uh, as a good dedicated singer I did my breathing exercises every day and uh, I I come from this generation where belly breathing was uh, largely taught all over now people know better that this is not a way and uh, when when I only I only could get rid of this idea of belly breathing, when my teacher Ron Murdoch was my first teacher, 
when he told me, use your common sense, where are your lungs? That's when I started thinking, that's true, I cannot breathe with my belly, that all these ideas of low, uh, breathing low, breathing all the way to your belly, and all this interference, you're actually interfering with the breath. When, when I could get rid of all that, then my breathing, my whole mechanism started to breathe the way it wanted to breathe. The natural patterns took over, and I caught myself breathing <laughs> on the flanks when I was not singing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that reminds me of something that another teacher that I interviewed, we had, we had a conversation about musicians and the Alexander Technique, and she made the point that most musicians have absolutely no idea about how their body functions, she said, but except for singers who have an idea and it's almost always wrong, (laughs) which I I found uh, a fascinating comment, but I believe it is true that um, uh, singers, when when singers come to me for lessons, uh, they often come with very strong, a very strong belief system about how their breathing mechanism uh, works and well and how well not so much how it works but what they need to do to make it work well yeah and pretty much always those ideas are, at least from my perspective are harmful yes they, they get they they get in the way so when you said earlier that uh, having alexander lessons showed you how to stop doing that a lot of that stuff. I mean, I think that fits in with with Alexander's ideas that he articulated. I believe he even said somewhere uh, the breathing takes care of itself, or some. He had a phrase like that. I'm not sure of the exact words, but I think his basic approach to breathing was get out of the way. Exactly. 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 Yeah. That's what we need to do, mm-hmm. because in a in the singer's case, but also saxophone players and every every uh, wind instrumentalist, they uh, we all have ideas of how to breathe, and sometimes sometimes those ideas are right, mm-hmm. but the way they think they have to do it is wrong, because the the habitual patterns are. are are so uh, integrated in the body that it's very difficult for them to stop doing all these kind of things. And, and uh, what is uh, called the support of, uh, of the breath. And it's all by forcing, it's all by using too much muscle effort in order to achieve something that the body has it all for, uh, for us to work to, to use the thing is that most singers we forget in general we forget what we are saying we forget to actually get down to the lyrics and what does the lyrics are saying and how do I interpret it so once you know exactly what you're saying 
your your brain knows how much oxygen is going to be needed in order for you to say the whole phrase. That's why people don't lose their breath when they are talking. Mm-hmm. Because they know what they're saying. But singers, they tend to learn the the melody and the words together. So it gets a little bit in a confused uh, pattern already in the learning process. And then well, I remember learning in how to, where to breathe exactly in a song. I needed my pauses, I needed my breaks, and I knew that in this and this and that point, I should breathe. But through the Alexander Technique, I learned to allow my body to do it for me. So I am, I am simply concerned with the contact with the ground and so that everything will function much better, muscles will be free, and therefore the, the mechanism will breathe for, uh, for you. Mm-hmm. So when when we talk about letting breathing happen, it sounds awfully easy, and yet uh, I'm sure it's been your experience that it's not always that easy to put into practice, um, for perhaps for your students and maybe for you when you first started taking lessons. What do you see as the obstacles to that? Um, why is it not something you can just say to someone hey you don't really need to do all that work you know yeah (laughs) I mean wouldn't that be great if you could just say to your students hey you know what just let go of all those those ideas and start singing but but we both know I'm sure that that doesn't work quite that easily no no because first we have to get rid of the uh, the habits on breathing that we created Mm -hmm. through the whole since the first time we uh, we think how to breathe, that's when you start to to create breathing uh, habits. Not only when you when you want to to breathe consciously, so, <laughs> uh, but also in, in in a posture when you're sitting, especially in school times when you're a teenager, we are collapsing. This is the age of collapse. We need to collapse, otherwise it's not cool. And then you then you're restraining your your instrument and creating unknowingly creating breathing patterns. And then later, in case of a singer of a uh, wind instrumentalist, then they're going to try to get rid of it by trying to do something mm-hmm. with the breath. When what we actually need is to stop doing all the things we created so that the body can function for us. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens with certainly with singers is that if you do succeed um, in helping a singer uh, for a short period of time to let go of those patterns and their singing becomes much fuller and freer and perhaps other people there will hear that, often the singer is a bit dubious about that. It's almost as though they, what they're doing is not legitimate somehow. <laughs> have, you, have you found that to be the case as well? Cannot be that easy, you mean. <laughs> well, and it just seems like 
they have an idea that a certain amount of effort is what is what singing is about if it's going to be you know for real singing on a stage kind of thing or professional singing it, it the the effort is sort of built into it and if you take the effort away and even if their singing gets better according to people listening uh there's this, they won't recognize it the, yeah they're skeptical they're very skeptical at first i i've seen that happen quite a bit and i i i wonder whether it's um well, I don't know. I guess it's maybe it's just that tension is so tied in with their idea of what proper singing is. How do you, when you're working with someone and that kind of thing comes up, how do you approach that? How do, how do you how do you get them to to be okay with not working so hard? Well, I try to to get strange ideas into people's uh, mind uh-huh. <laughs> because they come with strange ideas anyways. So I try to to get the attention away from the breathing so that the, the breath can work for you, for them. And uh, getting more into the, um, um, the message. So when when they know what the message is, then the, the the instrument will work, and they will feel the easy on breathing. Mm-hmm. And I also I also have work a lot with uh, thinking differently in your body. It's like telling little white lies to your body, like if your nostrils would be right in between your eyes. Mm-hmm. And you know on the on the in breath, so that is impossible. Everybody knows it is impossible that your nostrils are in between the eyes. But if you truly believe that, then the natural th- those habits will be will be so confused that the natural patterns will have to take over, mm-hmm. and then they have then they feel themselves that by thinking differently the the body reacts differently and the breath is just a flowing is just flowing without without them having to do too much effort for it mm-hmm. or without having to do eff- effort for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in a, in a way it's it's uh, almost tricking someone into breathing more efficiently getting that exper- experience and uh hope well, yeah I mean, I it's not it's, not a bad kind of a tricking, but <clears throat> sometimes I think you have to resort to that that kind of thing to mm. to get someone to let go of a pattern they believe is necessary. Yeah, it's tricking the habits. Tricking not the, the yeah. person. Not yeah. the person, really. Yeah, no, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you have any thoughts at all about um, breathing? Um, in turn, I don't know whether it's true in Holland or not, but certainly in the states, um, there has there's been a, an explosion of uh, childhood asthma, uh, and I I don't know to what extent that's due to uh, pollutants in the air, 
but it seems to me that there are some pretty odd ideas around about breathing in children. Have you done any work in that area? No, I never worked uh, with breathing in children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know uh, kids with asthma. I, I guess pollution is also an effect mm-hmm. of it. But I, I also believe there's a lot to do with all the stress there is in this uh, in this age for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how it is here in the United States, but uh, kids here in Holland, they have so much pressure in uh, doing well at school and uh, doing their best at school. And they have to be almost on their toes to do their best. Yes, and well, that is that is very much the case here for a lot of kids, where the pressure to get into a good school, get into a good college, for example, yeah. um, uh, where, where kids are doing hours and hours and hours of homework uh, uh, and are totally scheduled out. I mean, uh, a lot of kids today almost have no free time uh, because they've got this lesson, that lesson, you know, um, and I, I'm I'm sure that must have some impact on on their breathing. Yes, yes. Do you do you have anything else that you would like to say about the Alexander technique and breathing before we bring this conversation to a close? Uh, well, Alexander was uh, known as the breathing man in his uh, in his times. Yeah, when he came to London, uh, he was from Australia originally. When he first came to London, the turn of the century, the early 1900s, uh, that was his nickname. He was called the breathing man, and uh, because he he was so effective at helping people undo the tensions that that got in in the way of their breathing that was his uh, one of his uh, first bits of fame i guess you could say yeah but i guess it's because he he was the only the only one who came to the principle that your whole body is breathing it's not only those specific muscles that are breathing for you mm-hmm. but if you have any muscle tension in your feet is going to affect your breathing. It's so, all it's all connected. Yeah, it's it's all connected, and and he did not, uh, as far as I know, ever advocate any kind of breathing exercises. I think that would have been the further furthest thing from his mind. He, uh, I would guess that he told any student who came to him to forget about those exercises. Exactly, and, yeah. and that's why it's, it is so so difficult for people to to get to it, mm-hmm. to forget all this, because we are pumped with the idea of having to do it. Mm-hmm. But through the Alexander technique, you learn how to how to allow your weight to really travel to the ground. Therefore, you come up by it's it's your whole instrument is up all the muscles are free and freer and therefore your body can breathe for you and the lungs will do their jobs and uh, and all the other muscles that are concerned 
will be happily and free to work. So maybe uh, a message here for anyone listening to this who is intrigued and who feels that maybe their breathing could be improved. Um, when you, if you come for an Alexander lesson with a, with a teacher, be prepared to give up some of your preconceived ideas of what you need to do to breathe. Um, you, you, you may be, you may be delighted to discover that you don't really have to work so hard and that you can breathe much more efficiently with less work. Would you, would you agree with that? That's a blessing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is a blessing. But it does require, I think what we have to, we have to be candid here, it does require uh, the student to be willing to, to let go of those old ideas, at least for, you know, during the lesson or when they're experimenting with themselves. Well, I find that people, people are reluctant about it because they truly believe that they have to do something mm -hmm. but the body the body shows the pupils uh, what not to do eventually we do need to invest time invest time in ourselves mm -hmm. and and the body will do it for us and that's the best proof for for a singer when uh, when the body is just working, when you are not even singing, and you're you're breathing on the flanks, that's enough proof. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we why don't we end the conversation here? Um, for anyone listening who's uh, intrigued by what we're talking about and is willing to experiment, um, contact an Alexander Technique teacher in your area, and if you live in Amsterdam. Contact Georgia. We'll put a link to her website by the interview. Georgia, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much. <laughs>